Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 115. I'm sorry. We made a few additions here. No, Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and journeyed, joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I think we'll stop right there. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being our God, for loving us. I thank you, Father, for this day, a special day when we can come together and recognize recognize our fathers and to know that, that you are the greatest example to any of us. And so, Father, bless this time together. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but please leave your Bibles open. You know, um, I'm, I'm probably going to um, butcher this, this story I should never say that before a sermon, but um, um, I, I heard one, and Al Al Walters um, told this this story. It's a, not a story; it's a it's a true story. And and uh, you know, sometimes I've, I've realized over the years, um, different holidays, um, different recognitions that we have, kind of lose something over the years. And and uh, Father's Day. Well, you know, any of us guys realize that, that when you compare Father's Day to Mother's Day, uh, um, you, you know, mom gets taken out to dinner and dad, they go, hey, dad, cook us some hot dogs, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's not quite the same as, as, as what we have for Mother's Day. Um, but 
the, the story that, that Al had, had told, and, and forgive me if I blow this, but, but um, Hallmark had come up with a, uh, with a thought on Mother's Day that they would go to the prisons and those who were incarcerated, they would provide cards for the inmates to send to their mothers. And, and all they had to do was, was write them out, sign them, um, put an address on them, and, and just give them, they would send them out for them and, and everything. And the, 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 uh, uh, the turnout on that was absolutely phenomenal. They just sent cards, and, and mothers, more mothers received cards than, than maybe ever. I mean, the demand was incredible. And so Hallmark thought, well, uh, you know, seeing that, that that worked out so well, let's do it for Father's Day. Um, do you know how many requests they got? Zippo! 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 Now, I want you to, I want you to, I'm not going to sit here and explain to you why. I want you to think about that. Think about the difference that a father makes in the life of a child. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Do we, is, is it an important job? Wow. It is so important. You know, and today being that day when we, when we, uh, uh, celebrate our fathers, um, you know, we were not only our fathers who are living, but, you know, like my dad, um, who has passed away. Um, it's a day I, I celebrate him. You know, he was, uh, he was a, he was a great father. I, you know, the thing is, I, I think they've misnamed this. You can get away with Mother's Day. It's fine. But Father's Day? I, I don't think that's right. You see, because any bozo can be a father, but it takes but it takes a special guy to be a dad. So it really should be Dad's Day and not and not Father's Day. Um, and and you know, there's there's a lot of truth in that. I my my dad my dad was the greatest. He he really was. Um, I I know I, I saw a thing on TV the other day. Um, on a Rays game where Jeremy Hellickson was, was talking briefly about, about his dad and, and how much baseball meant to, to him and his dad. He said, baseball, baseball's like that, that bond that, that holds, holds people together. That it's, it's a, it's a son father thing, um, baseball. And, and it was with my dad too. Um, we used to, you know, not a lot, but living up in Western New York, we used to take trips to Detroit. And, and, uh, watch the Tigers. We were able to go and, and do a, uh, do a weekend. You get weekend games, you know, a, a Friday night, a Saturday, and a Sunday doubleheader. It was, it was awesome. And, and I just, you know, there was a part of, of my relationship with dad that could never be taken away. Was, was that. Um, I, without going into a whole lot of things, but I mean, um, my dad, I, the best present I ever received as, as a child was a train set that my dad made for me. Did they spend more money at, at, at other times in my life for a present? Sure. But the one that made, made the, the most impression on me was this train set that, that he worked on for weeks before Christmas. He was upstairs in one of the bedrooms upstairs at my grandparents' place, and, and that's where he put it all together. That thing, meant the world to me. But it was because of the effort that he put into it. Um, 
you see, it's being being a dad is is an important job. My my dad, well, he was my dad when I was younger. You know, he was my dad when as I as I grew up. When I became older, he became my friend. He became my confidant. He 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 was the one that that, well, kind of smart. He was smart. Um, he he never. I made a lot of boo boos when I was <laughs> when I was growing up. I mean, I, I'm I'm the mistake king here. I mean, if if I could do something wrong, I did something wrong. But but he never threw that in my face, and he and he never sat back and said, "You you can't do that. You don't need to do that." This is when I'm older. Um, um, instead, he kind of sat back and and let me learn. Um, by my own stupidity, and and by the things that that I was going to do, and 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 as I look back at that now, I go, wow, you talk about wisdom, and it is true. The older you get, the more wisdom you have, but but it was it was it was special, you know. When kids are younger, you guide them, you do guide them, and so a message like this is is really this is for everybody in here, because because we have young families in here who have young children, and, and you need to guide them. You need to direct them. You need to go and pull them out of the street when they're, when they're playing in traffic. When they get older, you say, go play in the street. No, but it's, 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 but when they get older, you allow them to make those mistakes. And you're talking about two different individuals here. You talk about those kids that need guidance, but then some older ones that need, need your wisdom. They, they really do. See, that's why I chose this scripture today. Um, there's, there's a lot of, no, there's not a lot of scripture that you could choose from for, for Father's Day, but this one, this one hit me. And, and it talks about, um, uh, well, there's a couple of ways of looking at this scripture. Actually, you could probably do a couple of month series on, on, on this particular scripture, but, but where we're at today, there's a couple of different ways that you could look at it. And you look how it begins with a, with a man who had two sons. Um, the older one is what usually seems to be the case. The older one is the responsible one. The older one is the one that that did all the work. Um, he was just that that good kid. Whenever you needed him to do, I'll get carried away, Stephen. I'm not really referring to you, but I, <laughs> um, but he was he was the older, more responsible one. And then there was the young one, the younger one, who was less responsible, the one who was bordering on being a knucklehead. He was, he was, uh, uh, the older one does all the work and the other one, and the younger one talks about all the work. You see? And the younger one is the one who always looks at, 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 uh, life and says the pasture is always greener on, on the other side. There's always so much more I could do. Oh, I work so hard, except my brother does all the work. But you, you understand, this isn't unusual. There's, there's stories in Scripture that you could look at and you could say, wow, you know, that's a nice story, but it really doesn't relate to today. This ain't one of them. And incidentally, there is no stories in the Bible that don't relate to today. You're just not looking at it hard enough. Or you're not being honest with yourself or something. But this really does. Folks, it's right there. This is a very, very normal family. And you see, the younger son comes to the father. 
And you can picture it any way you want. I grew up in a farming community pretty much, and so there were farmers out there who really did have a pretty big spread. You know, the uh, uh, good-sized houses, um, the, the barns, all kinds of, of cows and everything else. And so you can picture, in fact, I had a friend in school. Two boys lived with, with, uh, lived at home. And that's it. This is it. This is them. And I, I knew them. I knew the prodigal son. But the thing is, is that they, they lived in this and the younger one comes and he says, I know the grass is greener on the other side. Dad, I want, I know that I've got half of this inheritance coming to me. I know I do. And I want it now. I want it now. And so I, without being a financial genius and all this, I don't know how you do this, but he split it up. And, and when he split it up, he gave the younger son his half of, of the inheritance. And so what did the other son, what did the son do? He went and cashed it in. And when he cashed it in, off he goes. Within a couple of days, he's got his money in his hand and he says, the grass is greener on the other side and I am out of here. And off he went. And scripture tells us he went to a faraway country. That's, that's, that's where he went. And there's a reason for this in Jesus' parable. You see, Junior had to live on his own. He couldn't live down the street. He couldn't live in the nearby town because, you see, as soon as Junior gets in trouble, he's going to come back and he's going to be sitting on Daddy's door. See, that isn't going to work. So, so he has to go to a faraway country, someplace where Dad's influence isn't there, someplace where maybe someone's not going to look at Junior and say, Oh, hey, you're so-and-so's son. I know you. Cut him a break. No, it couldn't be like that. That's why Jesus said, this is a faraway country, and he had to be there. Junior had to live on his own without any help, and pardon me for calling him Junior, but I don't know what else to call him. But this is his life. He wants it to be on his own. And he's off doing it. And, and, and what does he want to do? He wants to party. He wants to party. And, and he's partying, and he's partying, and he's partying. And, and before you, before long, Junior's broke. He's broke. And here's a common thing that, that you need to understand. As long as you got money in your pocket, you got a lot of buddies. You got all kinds of friends. Everybody wants to be your friend. Why? Let's go over and hook up with him. He's the one that always ends up buying all the drinks. Let's do that. What a great time. All of a sudden, Junior's broke. Guess what? So are his friends. They always have been, or if they aren't, doesn't matter. But they're not his friend anymore because he's not buying anymore. He's not the party animal anymore. And so, all his friends leave him. Now, the scripture tells us about this story, and, and it says that there was a famine in the land. I think, honestly, what the famine in the land was, was Junior's lack of money. See, famine usually means there's no rain and things dried up. Yeah, his pockets dried up. There was, there was no money in the land. And, and Junior has to go out and he has to find a job. He has to go out and, and find a job. And, and I'm going to tell you, this is how serious this is. It's 
says he goes out and he gets connected with someone there and they put him out into the fields. And, he, and, and in other words, what he did is he went out hunting for a job. He found a job. This guy that, that he went to work for, how bad was it? He sent him out into the field to feed the pigs. He sent a Jew out into the field to feed the pigs. Now, this is bad. This is not something that they would look forward to. This is something that, that really, really would turn, turn their stomach on something like this. But that's how bad he was. That's how broke he was. How desperate he was. But, but picture this, and, and, and folks, I don't know if you've ever been, been this way before. If you've ever been that destitute before. But as he's feeding pigs, and, and you know, what, what is the normal, what is the normal um, uh, term for feeding the pigs? Slap the hogs. Slap the hogs. It's not feeding the pigs. It's slap the hogs. And he's sitting there and he's slopping the hogs. And he's looking at that and he goes, man, even that looks good. I'm so hungry. I can't even afford the food. And, and, and the slop that we're giving to the hogs even that looks good. Um, things are bleak. Things are rough. Things are, he's broke. He's broke. Okay. So I said before, there's a couple of ways of, of looking at, at this story, this son, the prodigal son. Look back in your scripture at verses 16 in uh, Luke 115, 16 through 19, where it says, And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. He's not the popular guy anymore. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He realizes, whoops, the light bulb went on, and he realizes the mistakes that he's made. You see, sometimes when you're growing up, all you got to really do is to live through the mistakes. Hopefully, you live through your mistakes. I know when I was, when I was growing up, yeah, the things I did with a car, I often wonder how, man, how did I ever, how did I ever live through those, those younger, younger years? We'll use that for another sermon, one sometime. But, but you see, there's different ways of looking at this, folks. Junior gets it. He understands what he's what what has happened and what he's done. He understands he's doing some stupid things here. He's making some mistakes. Now you could look at this and you could say, Dad, uh, this young man got just what he deserved. He deserved this. He deserved it. And you'd be right. You see, we can go back into Scripture here and say, you reap what you sow. Yeah. You, you make these mistakes, you do this type of thing, there is a penalty that you're going to have to pay. And, and that's true. And that's one way to look at this parable. 
is to have the Father to say, I was right. You were wrong. Sonny, don't ever forget that. The old man is smarter than what you think he is. I'm smart. I haven't lived all these years without gaining some knowledge. And don't ever, ever, don't ever forget it. You see, folks, sometimes it's tough not to do that. And there's a lot of families, and I'm sure you might, I'm sure you know them, you might even live in one, that that can be torn apart by people saying, I told you so, and never letting it go. By the, by every time that you see somebody, you, 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 you bring it up. You can't live in the future. You gotta live in the past. And you can't look at somebody without saying, I told you. I told you. You can't let it go. Can't. And if there's anything that would tear a family apart, that's it. That's it. But you see, Sometimes it's hard not to do that. But you see, Jesus gives us this parable, and he does this to teach us a whole lot of lessons. And here's the second way to to look at this story. Look at verse 20, what I read. And Junior says that he realizes what's happening, and he's... He's crawling home. He's crawling home. You see? And in verse 20 it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Folks, see what that says. He fell on his neck. This isn't, this isn't a hug. This is falling on his neck. This is, this is hanging on him. Hanging on him. I, 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 don't, I don't think I, I quite have the word that, that could, at least the way I picture this. As dad meets him out on the road, he saw him coming, and he, and he comes to him. He could have gone, I told you he'd come back one day, but he didn't fell on his neck and, and, and he kissed him because his father had been, had been looking for him. He'd been waiting for him. Um, and, and he never gave up. He never gave up. Even though Junior was a knucklehead, he never gave up. Look, look at verses 21 through 24. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your, against, against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this is my son who is dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
and they began to be merry. Wow, that's what he did. The son realizes his mistake. He does. But what does dad do? What does the father do? Does he hammer him? He doesn't. He says, let's rejoice. Let's barbecue. Let's, let's, let's rejoice and be, and be happy. This son who was gone, this son who made mistakes, he's, he's back. And he's back. And I love him. And my son who was dead is now alive. He's here. Now this is, this is the time when you, when you say, come on, let's be a little realistic about this. The kid just blew half the family's inheritance or fortune. Everything that dad had worked for. Junior took and got rid of half of it. And now there's some bar in a faraway country that, that is, is a whole lot better off because of Junior. And you sit there and you think, man, I'd be stained. I would not be happy. And I don't think, I don't think I'd forgive him quite that easily. You know, you know who the father is in this story? It's God the Father. It's our God. Do you know who the Son is? It's you. It's you. It's you, my friend. When you came to the Lord, your sins were forgiven and they'll never be thrown back in your face again. Never. Never. And folks, that is something to rejoice about. Because I know that there are things in my past that I don't need to have being brought back up into my, my face. And, and I know that, that they never will. Because I know that I've been forgiven. I know I made mistakes. And, and I'm going to take a guess here, just a wild guess. I'll bet you you've made some too. But our Heavenly Father will never throw that at you again. He never will. In fact, when you came to the Father, when you came back to Him, there was a celebration. There was. There was a celebration in heaven when you came to the Lord. You see, dads, the relationships that you have, and this goes with your young kids, this goes with, with your older kids. There are kids and, and, and just, you know, who are, who are adults. And families are at war together because, because there's just not a, there's no forgiveness here. There needs to be. The relationship that, that you as a son or you as a daughter or you as a parent have with your kids, that relationship that you have is one of the most precious relationships you will ever know. You will ever know because it was one that God gave you. Will, will those kids disappoint you in, in your life? If you, if once you're a parent, if you're a parent and you've never been disappointed by, a, by one of your kids in your life, is, are the eyes open or something? Or, or what, what is going on? Because you will. They'll, their, their choices are going to disappoint you at one time or another. It has to happen. 
but how you handle those disappointments, folks, that's the difference. That is the key. You see, my dad never threw mistakes back into my face. And believe me, he had a lot to choose from. Maybe this is where the word plethora comes from. There were a lot of choices that he had, that he could have. But as, as I've grown older and Dad is, has passed away, I think maybe, maybe what Dad did is that he took the lead from the God who forgave him unconditionally. You see, that unconditional love is not something that man has made up. That unconditional love is something that comes directly from God. Because there isn't one of us in here who hasn't made a mistake. There isn't one of us in here that, that, that God could look at and say, wow, you've got to be kidding. After all that you've done and you come to me, Our God loves us unconditionally. And, and when we come back to him, it'll never be brought up again. Dads, love your kids the way our Heavenly Father loved you. He's never asked us, asked you as fathers to be any different than he ever was. God is that way. He'll never ask us to do something that he hasn't already done himself or has shown us in another way. We always ask. If only there were a book that would tell me how to be a good dad. I don't know where that would be found, folks. I don't know. There it is. Learn from it. We've got a God that we worship that is so, that is so awesome. And he loves you so much, so unconditionally. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for being our God. I thank you for touching our lives in so many ways. I thank you for, for the example that you give us as dads and how to be with our children and how precious that is. Father, there isn't, there isn't one of us that are here today that, that are deserving of, of your love, that unconditional love that you have, but yet it's there. And Father, you have given us those examples. Let us use them. And in all of these, Father, the glory is yours. The relationships that we have here on earth are to be to your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.